welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas that you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. Exclusively now part of the SU Podcast Network, I'm your host, Kent Engel, president of Southeastern University, and very excited today to be able to introduce our co-host for today's show, Coach Nick Dodson. Uh, Nick is the head track and field coach at Southeastern University, most recently a national championship winning head coach. So coach, it's an honor to have you on the podcast today. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. And I want our our listeners today to learn from your life and, and, and really learn from your leadership. As we begin this conversation, I want to travel back to your collegiate days. Uh, I'm not sure if our listeners know this, but coach, you were quite the competitive uh, athlete <laughs> in, in college at, at uh, short University. You were a four-time Mid-South Conference champion in the 400 hurdles, held school records for the indoor 200, 4x400 relay, 4x100 relay, and the 400 hurdles. In 2011, you were the NAIA national champion in the 400 meter hurdles and was a three-time runner-up in the event. And also, you were named an 11-time All-American and two-time Champions of Character Award recipient. I mean, wow, you had quite a successful college career. What disciplines allowed you to really compete at that level? Uh, I mean, it, it was a lot of hard work went into it, but, you know, I, I can honestly say, you know, a lot of people had their fingerprints on my journey. Um, you know, I didn't always have the best of journey, and I had to learn from a lot of mistakes, but it also made a lot of good decisions as well. And um, just being able to be consistent was the major part of my success. I didn't always do everything right, but I was pretty consistent along the yeah. way, and, and, that, and that propelled me to having the type of career I had. Yeah. Now, what what were your main motivations in competing in athletics? What, what motivated you? Uh, I wanted to set the example of making it out of my hometown. I'm from a small town called Thomasville, Georgia, uh, just north of Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, we, we, we've been known for Charlie Ward Jr., who was the uh, Heisman Trophy right, winner exactly. at Florida State. Yeah. Um, he actually went to my high school. Oh, and so wow. it's uh, pretty cool. And so I'm a Florida State fan as well. Um, and so uh, it's uh, not a lot of athletes, you know, make it out of our area. Um, and not because they, they, they're not gifted athletically. A lot of times, sometimes we don't take care of business in the classroom and sometimes some other decisions. And so that was my motivation to not be remembered for just being a high school great. And uh, I wanted to go and make something out of myself and make my family proud. Yeah. You know, I love uh, just a minute ago, you, you mentioned that you couldn't do it alone. And I think in life and leadership, obviously, mentors are so important as we as we uh, embark on our, our destiny. What was the impact of mentors in your college uh, journey? Uh, my college coach, Scott Bird, who's actually my mentor now, um, he's a big reason why I've had a lot of success I've had as a head coach here. But, um, you know, just his guidance, him believing in me, um, giving me the opportunity to have the chance to run at the next level, um, to have the opportunity to make it out of my hometown and get a college degree uh, was yeah. huge. And so uh, just a lot of the traits and, and his consistency and his coaching style and philosophy is what propelled me to be able to get to where I am today. Yeah, yeah. You know, as we flash forward now to 2012 and you're running in the uh, 2012 Olympic trials in the 400 uh, hurdles. Not many individuals can say that they competed at the Olympic trials. I mean, wow, that's that's a great accomplishment. Can you talk about us uh, to us about what it meant for you to be on that stage? Uh, I just it was huge because you know I came out of the NAIA. 
Uh, so, you know, a, a lot of times uh, NCAA Division One, Power Five, uh, a lot of the big schools are most of the times recognized along with the professional athletes. Um, and I still remember my sophomore year in college, my college coach, because I actually played football at Shorter my first year. Oh, wow. um, so we had some success there. And um, I ended up qualifying for the Olympic trials my first season in. And my college coach was like, look, man, I just don't know if it would be smart for you to continue to play football. I think you have a future here. I think you can take this thing farther past, um, you know, just being a national champion, et cetera. And I hadn't won a national championship at that point. So he saw that potential in me. Um, and so I think just having an opportunity to represent the NAIA and what the NAIA represents, um, it was just huge to be able to be on that stage. It was like being a small fish in a big pond. Yeah. Wow. What was it like to make that pivot from football uh, um, and, and, and then now have a more of a singular focus in your life in terms of, of your athletic career? Yeah, it, it was, it was huge because I had an opportunity to kind of, and I, cause I was always a football first guy um, it's always been my favorite sport over track and field and over time I grew to loving track and field more because uh, in South Georgia that's what we do we play football, football and so right. and that was one of the main things so uh, it was like football scholarship or nothing so I uh, just have an opportunity to learn and be around different athletes and their upbringing and their zip codes and where they come from I learned so much that when I, w I was able to just go to track and field only I learned so much from them and and how they do things and et cetera. And then it just kind of propelled me to moving forward and becoming a better people person. Yeah. What kind of advice uh, do you give to student athletes when they're faced with that kind of decision to focus, to zero in on, on something in, in their career? Yeah. I, I, we, one of our hashtags this year is lock in. Um, and so, and that's kind of been my mindset throughout my entire career, even as an athlete. And so, um, you know, it was tough for me having to give up football, but at the end of the day, you know, I had some really good people in my corner um, to give me the advice needed. And, and ultimately you have to do what's best for you and, and what you actually want to do as far as the direct you want to go in your life and, and your goals. And so that's why we make goal sheets and, yeah. and stuff like that. So we can have that. that sense of motivation. I think that was the, the key for me is really sitting down, praying on it, allowing God to steer me in a direction that he wanted me to go. And ultimately, if I did that, then I know I was going to be okay. Yeah. Now, in 2019, uh, you were selected for induction into the NAI Hall of Fame after you, your decorated career as a student athlete. How did it feel to receive that? I mean, that's a pretty prestigious honor. Yeah, it, it was huge. And I still remember the day Drew Watson actually called me to tell me. Um, and he was like, uh, he said, uh, Nick, what are you doing? And I said, uh, well, we just finished up practice. He said, uh, you might want to sit down. Oh. And I said, oh, well, is it bad or good? You know, because if you hear that, you think it's uh, bad news. And he said, no, I got some good news for you. He said, you've been inducted to NAI Hall of Fame. Oh, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of took me back um, after a few hours. And I really started to think about what he actually said. And it just took me back to the start of my career, um, even dating back to middle school all the way up. And I just think about all of the people that kind of had their fingerprints on my journey that gave me some sort of advice or some sense of motivation or steered me in the direction that I needed to go. It, it was really for them. And it was actually for 
for me, it was for my city because I have a lot of youth that look up to me as well. And if I can do it and come out of Thomasville, then they can too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to move into your coaching career. Becoming uh, Before coming to SEU, you were head, the uh, head track and cross-country coach at Loyola University in New Orleans. Now, you uh, you know, the, the coach that has laid the foundation, now you're the one that has laid the foundation for what SEU track and field is today. And you have truly built this program. There's no doubt from the ground up. Talk to us about what it takes to build a championship team. Uh, I think first, you know, you literally have to find a staff that believes in you and your vision. Um, And I have that. Um, I was able to, you know, Coach Paul and I get along very well. He was here before I got here as the cross-country coach. Uh, he and I have very different personalities, but we have the same vision. Um, and then I was able to bring on one of my best friends from high school, Coach Hightower, um, who I knew had the same vision as I did. But also, too, you have to bring on a staff that has a that can follow the vision of what the university is looking for as well. Sure. And that's huge. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to go out and recruit, and we didn't settle in recruiting. I think that's what really helped us. And that first class is very special. That was even on that four by four national championship team. Three of those girls from that first class. Mm. And so I think for me, I didn't settle in recruiting. I still got the type of student athlete that the university was looking for ultimately and what I was looking for as well. And so it kind of fit because ultimately we wanted to be able to bring kids in that will be able to stay. Right. right. Well, in order to be able to stay, we have to be able to fit the mission of the university because the university is not going to adjust. Exactly. You coming into our environment. And so that was what really helped us. And after that, we knew from a talent standpoint, the talent was there. Could we just lock in and buy into that and be consistent? Yeah. And what are some of the, the, the principles you've learned on finding and developing talent? How do you know when you see someone... Yeah, they have the potential. They're a champion. Yeah. Uh, and well, for me, uh, my student athletes hear me say this all the time. Potential just means you haven't done anything yet. And so, uh, <laughs> and, and, but we see it as a coach. And so I, I see a student athlete, I said, man, he or she, they, they got it. They yeah. have the it factor. Uh, but then also, too, I have to go get to know that student athlete. So I build a personal relationship with them um, because they're all different. We got 70, 80 kids on our team, and they all have different personalities everywhere. And so as a coach, you have to kind of be able to develop that personal relationship, be able to adjust to them. They have to be able to adjust to you, find a heavy medium, um, and then then you'll see just the the boulders come off their back because academically things may get tough, but it starts to get easier when you're able to see you have that support system in place and et cetera. I think, you know, the main thing for us, our program is one of our main mottos is being a student athlete and not an athletic student. Mm. So ultimately, if we put student first while we're here and we strive for our degree, we put ourselves in the best position to be prepared when we go out in life. Yeah. No, so good. What are so? What are some of those principles and values you hold tight to when it comes to leading these amazing um, students? Uh, well, you know, discipleship is huge. That's one um, consistency, um, and then also just honesty. Uh, Because if we're just honest with each other, no matter what it is, we can get through it. You know, we can kind of stop the bleeding from there, whatever the issue may be. Um, And so for me, just being consistent across the board is one of the huge principles for me. And so I think that literally propels us in the position that we're trying to go. 
Yeah. Uh, earlier, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, ladies 4 by 400 meter relay team brought home the NAIA National Championship at the Indoor Nationals in Yankton, South Dakota, uh, a first in, in program history. Talk to us about what it means for you to secure that first national championship and you did that in short order wow yeah Yeah. it was it was huge because i look back on my coaching career and sometimes you know people see my social media and they said man you know he's got it figured out that program is on fire but little do they know my first team conference championship didn't come until i came to southeastern Mm -hmm. my first coach of the year didn't come till i came to southeastern my first national championship didn't come until i came to southeastern and so i think it was just you know watching that initial class do it was Mm. huge you know we brought uriah bigos on who we thought was going to be really huge for us and she has been um and she we knew she was the missing piece to being able to do it but the other three were literally the first they were the first three of six people that we've signed for the program Mm. so that was huge and it was emotional for me because i was you know, telling them this through the recruiting process, I said, look, you know, we're going to win a national championship in three years. We'll win the team title in five years. Now, we hopefully we're pushing towards that, but someone has to set a goal. And I think sometimes the student athletes probably like, ah, you know, coach, sometimes he just goes overboard, <laughs> you know, because, you know, on paper, we are a young program. Sure. Um, but I think when they saw ourselves in that position developing, but we hadn't won yet, they were like, wow, we, we really do have a shot. And, and then they finally just put it all together. Like we were third in 2019, we were fourth in 2020, but we were just this close, you know. And, and then finally, uh, in a COVID year, we were finally able to put it all together, and uh, and it was it was magical. And make it happen. Um, I heard this team has already beat their previous time that won the nationals. You think there's a possibility of repeat here? I believe so. Uh, they the, the potential is definitely there for sure. We we've ran 3:46 this year. Um, at the FAMU relays last weekend, uh, picked up a big win over Division One school, um, and we we ran three seconds faster than we did to win the national championship. And we're, we're still going to have our work cut out for us. The thing is, we we have a target on our back, um, and also the national rankings came out uh, yesterday. And our girls are number two as a as a team in the country, and the guys are number one. So we've kind of set that standard. We kind of want that pressure. It's good pressure, yeah. um, but also too, it's an opportunity for people to see the southeastern logo to know where we are, to know we're located in Lakeland. And then people go look on our website and see what type of institution we are and what we represent. It's bigger than just the championship. Yeah. And that leads me to a final question before we move into our fire round to close our conversation out. What, uh, as you look at the other teams, you know, what sets this team apart from the others that are competing? I think the family atmosphere for us. It, we're, man, our kids are so supportive of each other. Um, it's it's uh, so amazing to see, um, even in workouts and when it gets tough and it's hot and, you know, you see them motivating each other. And, and I think it's a lot of it is, you know, I'm a firm believer a team is a reflection of who is in charge. And I think because of my leadership and how consistent I am and how supportive I am, not perfect, I think it trickles down to the student athletes. And so they want to see each other do well because we understand that or our team is so competitive at the national level that, you know, some of these kids were the best on their high school team, yeah. but they come to Southeastern, they may be number two or number three on this team, but they've embraced that process and become so competitive that we are in position because they're trying to be a one. Well, you can be a one. 
yeah. if you work hard if enough work to get hard, yeah. And so I think that's what it is, is we've been so supportive knowing that we've had kids that were state champions or number one on our high school team. And they've embraced that. I may not be that here, but my time is coming. Yeah. I can be that. Or a freshman comes in and, and becomes a number one over a junior or senior. You know, yeah. we, we've had that in our program and we've adjusted well. Yeah. And, and you can see that and sense that and feel that. I, you know, I had, had the chance to have dinner with you and, and the national champions the other night. Mm-hmm. And um, just spending time around you and the others, you can just see that you truly are a family and and there is that that solid uh, camaraderie there yeah. and, and that that is so important in in what you do uh, well as we move into the fire round i want to ask you a few questions surrounding everything that kind of we've just discussed uh, and i want you to answer kind of with your gut real quick on these these questions these are going to be very practical applicable to the lives of a lot of our listeners uh in our conversation today so let's begin first question is how do you set and maintain your disciplines uh, I, I had to take some time out to myself uh, to be able to maintain. I had to go in a dark room sometimes and reflect on what I'm doing and how I did it and what I could have did better or what I need to actually improve on. Right. And so I think that for me, just taking the time out to myself. How do you handle losing without becoming bitter? <sighs> man, that's tough because, man, everything about me is winning. Um, yeah. But I've also learned, too, to respect the other competitors um, and also realize that some of them put in just as much as work as I have or their competitors, the, those athletes that put as much work as our athletes and, and, and just be consistent with God's timing. You know, I'm a firm believer that God does not bless everybody all at once. And so right. when he sets your time for you, you blossom. What are the most important characteristics of an athlete? Oh, man. That's a good one. Um, I, 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 I'll say leadership for sure is one. Right. And able to be to be a good leader, you have to be consistent. You you have to be honest. You have to be able to take constructive criticism well. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer that winners want to be coached hard. Mm-hmm. They want to be told the truth. And people that want to settle or lose don't ever want to hear the truth. You know, or they'll make excuses. And yeah. I think to be able to be that consistent leader and that consistent winner, you got to be want to be coached hard, and you got to want somebody to tell you exactly how it is, whether you want to hear it or not. Yeah. Final question: If you go back in time and give yourself advice as a freshman in college, what would that be? Ah, uh, don't procrastinate. Hmm. <laughs> I did a lot of that. Uh, I did a lot of that, uh, you know, just waiting to the last minute to do a lot of things. And um, also to trust the process. I didn't always trust the process. I didn't think I didn't really start trusting the process and, and whatever the process is, whether it's a process that your professors have set in place for you or your coaches. I didn't really start doing that to probably my junior year. Um, I think if I would have did that, you know, earlier up in my career, I would have had a little bit more success, if that makes sense, Um, because I just I would have been more locked in and been able to kind of accomplish a little bit more at a higher level. Um, So I think that it's that for me. Yeah. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for joining me today on Framework Leadership Podcast. Love the conversation. I'm grateful for the insight that you have given uh, uh, all of our listeners today. If you want to stay up to date with Coach Dotson, follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Coach dot fifty eighty four. Yep. I got that right. All right, Coach dot fifty eighty four. For more leadership content, check us out on Instagram, Ken underscore Engel, or Twitter at Ken Engel. You can also visit the website at KenEngel.com. Thanks for listening to Framework Leadership. Hope you have a great day. 